to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We unlocking the statements. Streaming every Friday. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are streaming on all social media platforms at Keys to the City. So subscribe, comment, share, and like. It is weird times right now in the sports world. There's a lot of weird things I should say in general right now. Hold on. You got the Hawks, the Clippers, the Suns, and the Bucks in the NBA Final Four. The New York Yankees are going through a sad day of the boys of summer. Head is darker than me, living in Connecticut, and I live in Florida. And we don't get to see the Joseph Aguirre right now. It's weird times currently for Keys to the City. I, I, I just don't know what's going on. It doesn't make sense. Everything's going backwards. Why well, are you first of all, it makes perfect sense. Joe's. No, why are you going? Why are you darker than me? And and, and Joe, it's. I can't okay, look at Joe. And look, we get a rear yeah. sighting. Hold on. We get a rear sighting of the Joseph Aguirre with short hair. So for anybody that knows <laughs> what Joe was wearing short hair, there's his short hair. <laughs> well, first, of all, Chuck, first of all, you should have started the show. No, off hold on, Ted. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Happy birthday to the Joe. <laughs> I'll get to it. So as I was saying, if he gives me a sec to like what I say, let me go on and get to that. But of course, Ted likes to jump into everything because Ted's impatient. It's on yeah, Ted. You're talking about stupid stuff. No, I guess you can have a little sense of humor. I know you're yeah. you're, the, you're yeah, not the yeah. same. Real, real, real Anyways, I wanted to say yes. Before we got into our show, we have to say a very special happy birthday to the man that's been through it all from the start and from the beginning of Keys to the City, the Joseph Aguirre. I know he's not there, but Joseph, my man, happy birthday, my man. Love he's it, not man. there, but he's there. He's well, there. I am here. I mean, I'm here. You you just can't see me, uh, and I appreciate that. And uh, it's obviously it's been quite a journey that we've been on together here, uh, and and you know things are things are going very well, uh, and it, we are a, we are literally scattered across the globe right now. The three of us. I like <laughs> as, 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 as he's like. As he's like this, he's giving us things and things. But yes, it's been a hell of a ride so far for some people. For some others, it hasn't been a hell of a ride. And that's the New York Yankees. I'm going to do something different today because, look, we've been talking about it nonstop for since the beginning of the year, I should start. Like I, I said earlier in the show or in pre-show, you should just put me on record and just play it every show because it's been the same thing on and off for the past beginning of this whole season. What New York Yankee team is going to show up? Yada, yada, yada. We've been talking about the same thing. It's the same stuff. It's it's nothing different. What we're going to do today, we're going to do something different. It's if we, us, us three, not what the Yankees should do, not what people around the baseball world say they should do. It's what we, what would we, Keys to the City, as the GM of the New York Yankees, what will we do? And I know that this is not, oh, there's only one move we have to make. No. When you're halfway into the baseball season, you're two games over 500, you look like you're continuing to falter in the standings. This is a time that the Yankees have to look in the mirror and figure out, is this 
wholesale fi- a wholesale fire sale, I should say fire sale changes coming for the New York Yankees. I want to start off with Joe because, sorry, Ted, he's the birthday man, so I'm going to give the floor as his. The GM of the New York Yankees, Joe, what would you do? Well, here's the problem is, uh, you know, and, and Ted sort of said this just before we went on. I mean, there is no there's no quick fix here. There, There isn't. You know, for starters, though, the first thing I'm doing is I would bring uh, Estevan Florial up immediately and I would pencil him in his center field. He's been playing great down at AAA. His two cups of coffee with the Yankees. He went one for three in both games. So he's a lifetime 333 hitter, which is better than anybody on the team right now. Put the kid in there. See what happens. You know, look around baseball. You've got Acuna Jr. and Tatis and all these young guys, 18, 19, 20. You, you've got guys, the Yankees wait till Aaron Judge is 25 to make his debut for crying out loud. They overhyped these prospects. Why don't you see what you got down there? They got a couple guys at AAA who, who could certainly come up right now uh, and at, at least help out a little bit because mm-hmm. Glaber Torres is, is continues to be terrible, as does Clint Frazier. I don't, I don't know that that means that, that they don't have a future with this team, though. I think you really have to assess things when the season's over. I, again, my thing with Glaber is not only did he have to – did he switch positions, and it's obviously been a tough transition. I still think the COVID thing has been problematic for him, and I think that's something that in the future we'll end up talking a lot more about. I've talked about it extensively. All these fighters who have gotten COVID – all, all but one that I can think of offhand have come back and lost their fight. So COVID has some sort of effect on guys. Uh, you know, even uh, Eduardo Rodriguez had been pitching terribly. Uh, of course, face the Yankees, that generally helps. So, you know, I don't, I don't know what the fix is for this team. Now, you know, I don't know if you guys remember, too, when, when the whole Garrett Cole sweepstakes was going on. And I was always a little lukewarm on Garrett Cole. Because I always felt like something wasn't right there. You know, this guy from Pittsburgh, who was pretty solid, became like a superstar. I never felt right about it, you know? And uh, it it looks like the the spider tack uh, was a big part of his arsenal. And so, you know, I I think the guy that we've seen the last couple starts isn't the best Garrett Cole we're going to see, but I think that's the Garrett Cole we're probably going to see more often than we don't. And I think that's really problematic for this team, which currently lacks a real number two starter. Montgomery's been pretty good for the most part. Herman's been good for the most part, but you don't have a guy. And and now that Cole's not then at the automatic, you don't even have a solid two. You've got a couple of threes and then it gets iffy after that. Just when I think, okay, Michael King's looking better. Michael King goes out and looks terrible. Mm-hmm. It's been inconsistent. And here's the thing. I, I don't know how you fix inconsistency with a roster. I don't know that there's a way to do yeah. that. I'm glad you, you said that. Ted, would you, Ted, would you, I'm going to ask you this and, and go into it. Would it be um, changes of managing coach, hitting coaches, just the coaching staff? Like, what is it? What is the change that needs to be done for not just, I know there's, I don't know what this team's going to do in the next coming weeks, in the next month or so, because the trade deadline's right around, is a month away. I don't know what's going to happen, but it feels like something massive is going to happen with this Yankee team, whether it's a firing of Aaron Boone, is it Cashman? Is it the hitting coach? Is it is it everybody? Is it a big? Can I tell you, son? Can I tell you, son? It's going to be none of that. Stop. 
This is not this is not what the Yankees do. Stop with that nonsense. There's gonna be no fire of Aaron Judge. There's gonna be no massive trade. Aaron Judge? I just Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge, Aaron Boone, Aaron, Aaron Hicks. Who cares? It's not gonna matter. There's gonna be no major changes. Every Yankee fan's gotta get off this high horse like we're the New York Yankees. Just because we're the New York Yankees, we're the best. We're supposed to win hundred games. We live in this, we live in this globe that goes well because we won four championships in 27 in the past and four or five years that we're just expected to go on the field and win you're not that much better than anyone else you're not there's going to be no whole changes the only thing that's going to happen is this team is going to stick together they're going to fight and they're either going to win or they're going to lose and then after the season whatever happens then you're going to have major changes nothing dramatic is going to happen gary sanchez ain't going there stands no one's going to take gary sanchez no one's going to take stan no one's going to take judge okay you're not going to how can you sit there with a straight because face? Because you're not going to trade because here's the thing. No one's going to take his contract. Hold on. No yeah, oh, obviously, the contract. No one's going to take his contract. And then if you it. want them to take the contract, they're going to have to take prospects, which means you're going to deplete your shitty-ass farm system, okay? Because you've done a very poor job of filling this farm system because what made this team great when we grew up, us, you, me, Trev, 27 and 34 years old, was we had four core four guys that grew up, okay? We had guys like Andy Pettit. Joe sent me something the other day that I didn't even realize, that Debbie Garcia's ERA is at a 10.5. How is a guy that's supposed to be the next Pedro Martinez at a 10.5? How is it? He's supposed to be the next best thing. You're supposed to make him better. He's not supposed to get worse. There is going to be no whole changes. This team is going to be what it is. This is the team that the Yankees and Brian Cashman and Hal Steinbrenner and the rest of those guys, Trev, that we can't stand because of analytics, have put together. This is what they are. They're they're the worst running team in baseball. They You just heard it on Michael Kay. They have the lowest amount of doubles in the league. They have the lowest amount of triples in the league. They don't steal bases. 67% of their home runs are solo home runs. Only the Orioles are worse. Their pitching is average. Their bullpen is what is what has keep them afloat because their best pitchers are their bullpen guys. Green and Cortez, those are their best guys. It's not any of the other guys. It's the bullpen guys that have kept them afloat. And 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 the thing that's kept us really afloat as a Yankee team, and I know I used the shitty word and whatever, and it's not the right word, but who cares? Oh my God. Oh my God. Cry me a river. It is what it is, Trev. That's how Yankee fans feel. They're so disappointed in this team that there's there's such an uproar that we think that firing Aaron Boone is going to make this team better. No manager is going to bring in this team and make them better. Luke Voigt is not going to make this team better. There's nothing that's going to make this team better. Trevor Story is not going to make this team a better team. It's not going to happen. You heard the thing Michael K saying. They're 29th in runners hitting with runners in scoring position, which means you're not producing runs. The game's basic. Throw the ball, run the ball, catch, run, right, catch, right, and, and right, score right, runners. You're done. The Yankees should, if I'm the Yankees, the Yankees should easily consider firing Aaron Boone. Strongly consider it, too. Jeff, this is great. Before, hold on, Joe, and then I know you're going to say something. Is that going to make Cliff Frazier hit the cutoff man? When no, he's, is that no, gonna make it, no, hold on. You don't no, Hold on, and do you don't watch the games? And Duhar, when he's supposed to hit the guy, throw the ball instead of throwing it to home when the guy's going to score, throw the ball to second so the guy on runners at first don't advance. Remember Uncle Ronnie, Uncle George used to yell at us, hit the cutoff, throw to the right base. Is that going to make them not 
outrun with two when there's one out and run when there's not supposed to advance bases? Is that going to make the ball guy who's on second when there's one out run the ball the third when the ball's hit the shortstop and they get thrown out at third? Is Aaron Boone going to fix that? No, Trev. You learned that at nine years old, Trev. You learned that in T-ball when dad was coaching you. They're 30 years old, Trev. They're grown-ass men. How Aaron Boone ain't going to fix it. Go, hey, make sure you don't run too fast. Make sure you check the cutoff. This is Major League Baseball. This is, but you're not understanding the point. The team is feeding off of their manager, too. This is just like their manager, who's a yes man. This Yankee team is – there's no fire. There's no fire, bro. I don't care it's about not him. Shut it. I'm talking for a sec. All I not care on, about is – Yeah. Can I hit the ball? No. I know. They're garbage. They can't hit the ball in the clutch. They haven't been able to the past four or five years. We know that. Even when they had Girardi. That's who the New York Yankees have been. The Yankees have always been about the long ball. But now all of a sudden they're hitting long balls, but it doesn't mean much because it's all solo home runs. It's about the fire. And I said that about last week when Luke Voigt came back. It felt like they felt like there was a little bounce in their step. Now it's just like, oh, here we go again. Let's go through the motions because it's just a couple games. Let's just make them feel good. And then, bam, we're back to being the Yankees of this year. All I'm trying to say is there's no fire. There's no fight. There's no punch them in the mouth. There's no New York Yankees of like the 90s and stuff like that. I know that this is one of the most talented teams in baseball, but there's a time that the Yankees have to really consider and look in the mirror and say, we got to make a change. We got to do something because this current plan. You think this current regime is not working? Whether that's firing the manager, I told you on the phone earlier. If the boss was here, and I know he's not, these the, all these a whole these fire sale changes would have happened. It would have happened. Boom would have been gone a long time ago. They can't keep holding on just because he's a yes man and and he they like him because he's a nice guy. It's not about that. You Let need something new. You need a kick in the rear end. Plain I mean, simple. Let's, no. let's be honest. It, it it would it would make more sense and be fairer to fire Brian Cashman than it would to fire Aaron Boone. But Boone is the manager is the right manager for the job, Joe. Who are you um, going to get that's better? I, I you, listen. Whether it's a Buck Showalter or a Bobby Valentine or some disciplinarian who's gonna, I don't know, just be a big presence in that clubhouse because clearly, listen, Aaron Boone's a good manager. I like the guy. You can't argue with the results. I mean, the the, the you know the first two full seasons they won 100 games. They obviously last year it was a weird year, but. You know they're on pace for for a uh, 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 eighty six. Now, the the reason I say you you know I would fire, I would fire Brian Cashman because Brian Cashman is responsible for this horrible roster. This is a roster that lacks depth, it lacks athleticism, it lacks on base percentage, it lacks defense, it lacks a number two starter. As I mentioned, this thing's got a lot of pieces. He put this thing together. Now, mind you, he was on a budget. The budget was two hundred ten million. So let's let's stop crying so for last, him. Last year was two hundred forty million. So right. It, it so again, he, he's always had plenty of money to work with, and this Absolutely. is what he's constructed. And let's be honest, it's not that great. But it here's just the thing: isn't that great? Now, if Who's you want immediate, go, sorry, if you Joe, want immediate, that's all right. You want immediate reaction. You, you, so again, uh, my, my thing is I'm firing Cashman because he's responsible for the disaster. I would also fire Aaron Boone. I would probably just do a two for one here. And then I, is Jack McKeon still alive? 
Um, I'm joking, but I want to bring somebody in again. I mean, if you can convince Joe Torrey to ride this thing out for the last 80 games, that'd be amazing. See, Just somebody like- in there that's going to make them play because look, you know what, Teddy, you're right. These guys know fundamental baseball. They've known it their whole lives. Why aren't they doing the things they're supposed to be doing? I think but- you get the right manager in there, a guy who's not their buddy. And I think it's going to make things a lot different. But I also think that here's the thing. Let's be real honestly. Aaron Boone doesn't make Gary Sanchez swing in an 0-2 slider that's five feet outside. I mean, watch Stan's at bat last night. Then the night days. I watch. Listen, I watch the entire game. I watch every almost every game of the week. Watch the at bats. First at bat last night. Start the game. DJ Lemayu 0-2. Uh, judge comes up 0-2. Gary Sanchez. 0-2 every single t- watch the game. They're 0-2 every time they start up. At- watch. They watch the first pitch strike. Then they swing at something really bad, and they're 0-2. I watched it all night. Stan, when he struck on the ninth inning, the slider was three feet outside. Trev, if you and me had a golf club and a bongo bat, we still wouldn't have hit the ball. Gear- Boone is not going to correct their mistakes. Okay. You can blame, I could blame the hitting coach, Marcus Thames, and say, what are you teaching these guys? Why are they, why, why are they, some, but here's my thing is Joe, as I look like this, I'll put it this way. You're the head of CMG, right? Yep. You hire a bunch of podcast guys, but they stink. Okay. And you're the boss and you make no money. Well, you hired them, Joe. So I'm looking at you as Brian Cashman. You hired all these guys to tell you, hey, listen, take that guy, pick that guy, trade for that guy. You hired these guys to do your your work for you. And then you come in and say, hey, listen, Joe, I really like that guy. And I really like this guy. We should trade for him. And we should put that guy. Well, maybe the farm system and the, and the feeder program and the guys that are making decisions about why is all the draft picks. I didn't even know something. Michael K was saying that about a guy that the Yankees had passed up a couple like two years ago. A guy that the Yankees were never going to use, and then a guy that got taken right after him has been, I think he's been really productive. I can't remember his name, Holder or something. But a guy that the Yankees had taken a draft. Why is the Yankees draft class? Where are the guys that we grew up in the 90s? Where's the farm system? Trevor, we always talk about this. Why is it? Hold on. I'm going to tell you something quick right now, and then you can go. 18 players on the Dodgers team right now have come through the farm system. Okay. Trev, we used to talk about this when we used to first started the show a long time ago, right? And we used to say, why are we not building through the farm system? Why we don't have an Andy Pettit? Where's our Andy Pettit, right? Where's the Andy Pettit? Trev, and I will say this, you are 100% right. I watched the games this weekend. Even when they were losing against the Red Sox, there was no fight, Trev. There was no fight in the dog. They had nothing. They had given up before the game. It was even over. And it's really sad because we've seen teams before when even they're down 3 nothing, 4 nothing, 5 nothing, they come back. They chew away a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. And even if you lose, you still felt like if there was an extra inning, they would have got them. There's not that dog in the fight with this Joey, game. Joey. Joe, we talked about this the other day with the the farm system, how the Yankees do the complete opposite of, like I give credit to teams like the Royals back in the day who won a World Series because they developed their players all through the farm and look and look how they did. They won a World Series with that core of guys. Even though they never won another thing again, they still won a World Series. This Yankee core that we were talking about four years ago when they were in the ALCS shot surprisingly at the time and one game away, actually, from going to the ALC, a, a World Series. 
just think about that. And now they're like, we're still thinking like, where, where's this core that we, we we once had and we were once so proud of? They do the complete opposite. And we were talking about the other day. They go, they do the complete opposite of development through the farm system. If anything, they just ruin the guy, ruin these guys. They just don't develop it. It's amazing. It's fascinating that they had Glaber Torres, who was one of the most proud big-time prospects. Clint Frazier, another big-time prospect. Debbie Garcia is the latest one. That was the one that we were talking about. Was a big-prize prospect. Florio. I hope to God that they don't ruin this kid, Jason Dominguez, who just started playing yesterday, have made his uh, first initial debut. I hope they don't ruin this kid, because this kid could be a star. That's that's concerning as a Yankee fan to see that they just don't develop. They do the complete opposite, Joe. Yeah, and and, and that's getting that's getting old. And, and it makes you wonder, like I said the other day to you, you know, when you and I were talking, like, what, what is happening? What is it that they do with these? They, they find these great young players. Yes. Right. Think of, think of, let's talk about Derek Jeter for a minute. You guys know Derek Jeter in his first year at, at single A ball made like 76 errors. Yeah. In and like an 80 game season. And they were able to work with him and develop him. And as you guys probably know, there was a point where, the Yankees nearly traded him and Mariano Rivera for Brian Harvey of the of the Miami Marlins, then Florida Marlins at the time. Gene Stick Michael, thank God he was around. Talks time runner out of doing that. So look, you 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 got you end up with all these great young prospects. You sat on Frazier for way too long. And Duhar, another one. Another yeah, well, one. again, look at I mean, and 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 you know it's funny you see the talent and Duhar has. And again, you have to ask yourself, nobody could get this kid, develop this kid and his defense mm-hmm. that, that you've wasted almost two years of his life and career. A, a for the injury and then B, then nowhere to put him when he came back. And Ted, that's why I say earlier that the, the, this coaching staff has to take some accountability because of the fact that these players, like Judge, who's still a fascinating player, Sanchez has gone backwards since his rookie year. Glaber has gone backwards. Frazier has gone backwards. Yeah. Every, Glaber is that's, that's all I was trying to say. That's all I was trying to say. I know I, you're Ted, talking Ted, I understand that. I'm All I'm trying to say, it's a combination of everything. And it's and you can see the people that are watching right now that we're frustrated because we and I know Joe's not physically there, but I know he's frustrated because he's we're all passionate Yankee fans, and it's frustrating to see for a team that's coming into this year, other than the Dodgers, was the odds-on favorites to win the World Series, and to see them two games over five hundred with coming up to the halfway point of the season, it's a time for to start looking in the mirror and saying. What the hell are we going to do? Are we like, are we going to make major changes? And is that coaching staff? Is that manager uh, GM? Is that the roster? What do we do? Are we blowing up everything? That's what the Yankees got to do. You know, they're not going to do that now. I know that. And I know Ovi just said, asked the question, can the Yankees turn things around after the All-Star break? Ovi, to answer your question right now, you see the Rays. The Rays are impressive. They're still doing their thing. That's another team that has to get credit. They develop their players. And, and they become stars. Look at how they do it. The Red Sox looks like they're going to be staying around for some time, even though the pitching is up and down. They're still going to be around. They're- I look at this Yankee team right now, man, and, and guys, I just I, – I say it every week. It's like I don't know what to make of this team. I could see this team winning 
80, 85 games this year. And just against the ALEs and they're 23 yeah. and 14 against all other teams. And I wish I took the screenshot the other day on Sunday when they were showing the records of all the teams against the Yankees. The Yankees now are 0 and what, 6, 0 and 7 Owen against the Red Six and four against the Orioles. They're six and six against the Blue Jays or no, no, or something less than six and six, but they're even. And then they're below 500 against the Rays. This, listen, Trevor, we talk about this in during football season. You don't win anything if you can't win your division. I don't want to hear about anyone else. You got to win, like Sagnello used to say, you win your division first. You beat the teams that are in your division, and then you worry about everyone else. We and can't they can't do that right now. Can't do that whatsoever. But I'll tell you this. If anyone thinks that uh, Joe Girardi or someone else would just walk in this team and this team would start winning, no. No. It ain't like, going to make go on. It's a it major ain't going to make Derek Cole pitch better. It isn't going to make Stan not swing on a 2-0-2 slot. Because if you watch Stan, every, if I was facing Stan as a pitcher, all I would do is throw sweeping curves two and a half feet off the yeah, plate because he loves swinging at them. Glaber mm-hmm. just threw a ball down the plate because he can't think. I think he's four for 50 now. I think after he struck out to end the game last night, he's four for 50. He's four for 50. If he I is say, no good. He if is I was no say, good. If I would say this, I think the Yankees, we, we've been seeing it all year. It was almost inevitable. I think this whole Garrett Cole thing, him struggling now, is kind of like the icing on the cake for this Yankee season. Just to see, like, oh, we still have Garrett Cole. Well, now we see Garrett Cole, and he's kind of struggling recently. Ever since these accusations came out, and now that they're checking the illegal substance, it's a big deal for Garrett Cole. And to see this, it's kind of... Uh, I don't know, maybe the last final domino of this Yankee inconsistent season. Joe, I know you got to get going. you got stuff going on with the family. You got one more thing for us on this? I, I do, and I'm actually glad that you said that real quick because I got to tell you, the other day uh, against the Red Sox, I did. That was my thought in that game was, boy, if if this is what we're dealing with, if even we can't even count on Garrett Cole to beat Garrett Cole, this is big trouble. So my one more thing is, I think the Yankees should immediately promote Estevan Florial and have him become the starting center fielder. And I would also bring up Hoy John Park uh, to play third base so that I could move Urshela over to short, uh, keep DJ at second. And and for now, Glaber can be a backup, and Glaber can do what Gary did. Wow. You can earn your way back in, backing up second and short when those guys need a breather. If you hit, maybe you can earn your way back in. Uh, but... Hoijun Park has been lighting it up at AAA. He's got over a thousand OPS. Uh, Florial's been hitting like 450 down there. You got these two young guys, dude. They're both 25. It's not like they're 20 year olds. They're adults. Bring them up. Fernando Tatis is younger than both of these guys. Bring them up. See what happens. You need some kind of spark. If not that, then fire Aaron Boone tomorrow and let's get serious. Joseph, I appreciate you coming on and taking time of your special day to join us. I hope you have a great night. And from both of us, we love you. Happy birthday, brother. Happy birthday, too. Thanks for letting me spend it here with you guys. Go Yankees. I'll talk to you guys next week. (laughs) Oh, man. You can hear the the passion. You can hear the... 
anger, the frustration of, of, of all three of us in separate ways to just see how this Yankee season has transpired for us and that to know that we still have 81 more games going on in this season with the current roster and with the current shape of the New York Yankees franchise, I don't know what's going to happen for the next 80 or 83 games of this baseball season. I don't. I don't really know. Every week we talk about it, it seems like it's the same thing. I don't know. I just – that's all I say is I don't know. You're like, what do you mean you don't know? I don't know what to make of this team. Unless they blow things up, I don't know what to make. So – but I do know is that we might have something brewing in the Western Conference Finals. Can those L.A. Clippers – can they – and I say erase the awful 2020 exit. If we all remember the L.A. Clippers last season, we're one of the odds-on favorite coming into the season and saying to maybe the title favorites. Well, we remember what happened in the bubble last year. They were up 3-1 over at Denver – I almost said Denver Broncos, Denver Nuggets team. <laughs> As you can tell, I'm getting excited about a little some football. I, I want to talk some football soon, so I'm getting excited. Well, we saw them down 3-1. Well, they ended up having one of those famous collapses. And if we all remember game seven of last year, it was one of the all-time epic collapses in a game. Well, can the LA Clippers erase that awful memory from last year with making their own 3-1 comeback. Last night, Paul George looked like the best player on the court, and he's been he's been having a postseason that I would say is at times amazing and at times head-scratching. Last night was a, a moment that we said, that's the Paul George we expect. Can we see the Clippers, Ted, make this an epic comeback instead of collapse? Well, Chubb, how much did you see the game last night? The only reason I asked you that because yeah, it was at work. I watched it. Paul George was the best. Player. I mean, that's all. Chris Paul, Chris Paul going out. There was a stat last night of four players that have scored twenty plus points at eighteen. Yes, Kobe points. Bryant, MJ, and Kevin Durant. I saw it today. I saw it today. Okay. And, and Paul George. And Paul George. Having playoff P is being playoff P. He's been phenomenal. Like you. You don't really can't say much negativity about him. I'll well, tell you the at times. Well, yeah, and listen, they could be up right now. They're the team that could be up right now. They could be up three two if he hits those two free throws. And listen, guys make mistakes. It's unfortunate that he missed the two free throws. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you this: I told you before the series, even though I was rooting for the Suns, watch out for the Clippers because of their depth. Last night, no Zubats last night. Now, big loss, and people might not say so, but if you watch oh, he's the He's a huge week, contributor to that team. Very much so, 100,000%. <laughs> His dad's thing. Um, 100,000 years. <laughs> with that also being said, though, Reggie Jackson has been a yeah. tremendous asset. A rejuvenated Reggie Jackson, I should say. Remember this guy was supposed to be a future star point guard in no, the league? I mean, he was with the Oklahoma City Thunder. But then he got that big contract from the Pistons. And became kind of like a. Then he disappeared. Now he's playing for the veteran minimum. He's going to be a free agent again. Marcus Morris had a great first half last. But they they have a great rotation last night. And they put. I mean, listen, the kid man last night really wasn't a factor. Mm-hmm. And it, it's great because every night you look at this team, you're really not sure what guy is going to step up, and that's what's kind of made this team really interesting and fun to watch. Now, I still think the Suns will end up closing it out and making the the, uh, the final. I say, I say it goes seven. I think but, they're going to seven. Paul George, if you watched Paul George in the first half, half last night, you would have been like, oh my God, here's Paul George again. That is Paul George 
11 points. He was he was awful. He did, It was like he didn't want the ball to be in his hands. And then I watched the third quarter, and it was like, feed me. Oh, boy. Just there's keep Paul George. And, oh, boy. And there's, had, there's the Paul George. And <laughs> he had 20 points in the third quarter, and he took over. And you could tell that when he was on the court in that third quarter – and late in the fourth quarter, he was the best player on the court. Like, there wasn't a question last night that you couldn't tell he was the best player on the court. Paul George looked like the best player on the court. He was the best player on the court. And that's part of the reason why the Clippers won. And then, of course, Reggie Jackson, huge end of the third quarter, fourth quarter, hits a major three, stole the ball, hit slam dunk home. And, and I mean, the, the Suns had their chance. They pulled it within, I believe, four. It was, I believe it was 98-94. Um what was it? Uh, Craig had the layup. He got followed by Marcus Morris. You know, he had the free throw. He missed. Yeah, they started, they started just going. They had their chance, but then the Clippers just went, this is our game. Yeah. We're capitalizing. I give credit to the great. Um, Chris Paul has not played well whatsoever in the series. Um, he has not looked like Chris Paul of what we've seen. We'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that if they end up losing this series. What is this what is this loss and what a series loss would be for Chris Paul? Well, that and also I wonder if Devin Booker's uh, you know face mask, the nose injury has played into effect. Though he did have thirty plus points last night, so it wasn't like he didn't produce. Aiden wasn't as fa- much of a factor. Here's the thing: when I look at these two teams, I think the stars are supposed to do what the stars are going to do. Paul George had his, Devin Booker had his, but what is the bench and what are the side guys? What is Jay Crowder going to do? What is Craig going to do? What is? Um, do you believe the Clippers you know, are better without Kawhi, or is that huh? just one of? Them? Stupid hypothetical. Say that again. Uh, I apologize. Say that again. You, no, that's why. Do you believe that the, the the Pacers? Oh my God, the Clippers are better with, off without Kawhi. Is that one of those dumb hypothetical takes that we like well, to always have? It I, would, I would say they're not. Of course, they're not a better team, but it makes them more dangerous. That they're the, the ability to have Kawhi. Listen, to have a guy like Kawhi Leonard on the court at any time and place makes yep. your team better. It's it's inevitable. He, he, him just being on the court makes them better. It makes them defensively better. It makes them offensively better. But I will say this. when Sometimes you have seen it before. When stars are out of the games, other players don't stand around and go, well, Michael's got this. He'll, he'll score. Kawhi's got this. LeBron's got this. Because you watch that. Sometimes you watch basketball. It's just one-on-one. It's like, what are the other four guys doing there? Like, there's 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 – the guys are passing the ball. There's more team play. And I've seen that more with the Clippers. Everyone is involved. So sometimes with Kawhi Leonard, I've watched it before. You watch it with any superstar. Guys just say, let the superstar do his thing, and you know, and he'll score. Um, it doesn't make them a better team, but it might make them – it makes them more dangerous. But it's been a great series. It yeah. has been a great series. And then look at the Eastern Conference. You know, Atlanta had them the other night in Milwaukee. But I tell you, you know, just like you were talking about Paul George, guys that we talked about before this playoff series, Chris Middleton stepped up huge the other night. Like, that was like the best I've seen Chris Middleton play in some time the other night. I know you, you, you're talking about the Chris uh, – you're talking about that other series, but I was oh, just saying I just guys to like Chris Paul uh, – excuse me. Guys like Chris Middleton and guys like Paul George, to see them come up big in the playoffs. But guys that you and me have both kind of – put down and said, Hey, they're not stars. They're not superstars has they've grown on me. They really have. And those two guys, because of their play and their ability to step up, 
has really propelled them to where these teams could both be in the finals. I was only going to say a quick stat before we get into the Easter Conference. I mean, it's been an incredible series. This 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 back and forth action. Other than the other night where I saw one of the worst fourth quarters ever in a professional game, and just the miss shooting and just terrible. It was like nobody wanted to score a basket. So this Clippers team is trying to be the 13th team to ever come back from a 3-1 deficit. The this would be actually the Fourth time in conference finals history if they came back down 3-1. Just a quick stat for those stat-loving people out there in the world. So it's been great. Paul George has delivered. Devin Booker has delivered. Aiton has stepped up huge for this Suns team. But CP3, boy, oh, boy, if he ends up losing this series, and and what does that do for him? He's going to be a Hall of Famer. We already know that. But going down the line... I mean, what does Chris Paul become if he blows a 3-1 lead? He's done it before. Can he do it again? And the Clippers, boy, oh, boy, don't want, don't look out. But the Clip Nation, right around the corner, just a couple more games. Could we see a game seven? I say this series is going seven, as most people did. Well, I don't think we're going to see seven in the Eastern Conference. Sorry, Bucks fans. I was very excited. Trust me. I was excited. Really? To see sorry, Bucks. You'd be seeing sorry, Hawks fans. I was saying, oh, sorry, yeah, sorry, Hawks fans. I mean, they've been a tremendous this whole playoffs. The rise of the Atlanta Hawks franchise is in good spirits, and it looks like the future is very bright. But I think that their time may be coming to an end very shortly. It all could, this could all change tonight if they come in and have a huge performance. But with Trey Young's injury, looking like he could be questionable, he's probably going to play. I expect him to play, especially in a do-or-die game. This is the season. Atlanta Hawk fans know, NBA fans know, and the Atlanta Hawk players know that this is the season. They lose tonight. They're going to go home on Friday night. Is the Eastern Conference title already wrapped up? Is it already Milwaukee? Are we already talking? Should we just be sticking to just the Western Conference and saying, well, the Eastern Conference is still going on? But it looks like Eastern Conference, the finals, is coming to an end, whereas this one is up for debate. And what do you think about Giannis's comments? You, you don't mind the whole um, mining of Chris Middleton being the guy, being the fourth-quarter guy, taking the shots. Oh, well, it, made, it makes sense that he's the fourth-quarter guy. What, is Giannis going to be the fourth-quarter guy? He can't shoot. I mean, you yeah. You got a better opportunity to be his, the fourth-quarter closer on the Bucks than he does. But I'll be honest with that. Don't make it seem like you, I'm that bad. You, you can at least put the ball in the hole for more than five feet away. He can't. So what, what do you think? You're an all-pro basketball player or something? I, I, didn't, say I'm, I didn't say me. Stop. You, don't worry about me. me. You don't said me. Worry. Yeah, exactly. Why do, you do you think I'm bad at basketball or something? I will school your well, ass. Well, I'm the one that played basketball. So, I mean. So what the hell does that mean? So? You want to bench. You shoot with two hands and you don't know what hand is coming off of. It, it works. It works. Listen, I agree with him, though. The closer should be Middleton. Watching him the other night, he looks like the closer. Because you know what Giannis is, brother? Listen, he, there's nothing wrong with that. He's an MVP, defensive player of the year. He's one of the, the five best players in basketball sometimes. You can make the argument easily to be said mm -hmm. but Middleton you need a shot you got to go to Middleton because he can, he can develop his own shot step back drive kick out three in his ability to shoot from anywhere on the court makes him the guy you know if, no offense but if Giannis can't shoot the ball other than a layup and a dunk you can't be the closer now he could be the guy with the ball at the hand looking to kick it out 
but I mean, it, it, listen, every great closer can shoot the ball. LeBron, Kobe, Jordan, Derek. I mean, Don Sheds. I mean, you, you go through every team. The closer is a guy that can shoot. No offense, but Shaquille O'Neal wasn't the closer in the Lakers. It was Kobe Bryant. Didn't mean Shaq wasn't the best player. Kobe was such the – he's the closer, bro. Yeah, he was the closer. Yeah, I, I'm fair he's enough. I you know, I you're not giving that. Shaq the ball late in the game, you know. You're giving the ball to Kobe because he can develop. Now, it doesn't mean he might it doesn't mean he might not pass it. He's the closer, okay? And I have no problems with that being said. But if the Atlanta Hawks don't win tonight, Trev, you are correct. The Bucks will go on in advance and win the series. It's, it's unfortunate that Trev Young the other night slipped on the ref's foot. The fixes in. fixes in. <laughs> But, no, listen, the series has been great. We'll see what happens tonight. And, um, I mean, hey, listen, I think the Hawks, without being said, if they do lose the series, have proved their worth. And it shows that, hey, listen, this is a team that you have to look out for in the future because of the young talent that they have. And, and here's the thing, they're not fully healthy. I'm glad you said that because I wanted to – I was thinking about this question really hard, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of the comparisons and the similarities. But is this Atlanta Hawk team – the Eastern Conference version of the Golden State Warriors before the Golden State Warriors became the Golden State Warriors in the sense of those heavy well, favorites. Who's their who's their well, hold on, listen, hold on. Well, thinking of before the Golden State Warriors became the Golden State Warriors in the sense of championships and that the, the popularity. Like, yeah, but who's your Clay? Who's your Clay and who's your Draymond? Because Clay, that's because those are those two listen, guys I'm are essential talent. I'm gonna tell you, listen, Huter is Clay Thompson. He's a streaky, sharp shooter. Not, not saying that. I'm not, look. No, I know exactly what you're saying. I'm just saying for people that are watching, Steph and Clay have a place in history already, all right? Clay, Clay Thompson will go down as one of the greatest shooters of all time. Steph Curry is the greatest shooter of all time. My similarities I'm trying to say is, and it's when the Golden State Warriors actually won their first title back in 14-15 season. I know it looks like the Atlanta Hawks may not win a title, but you look at the similarities, you got a deep – Deep threat in Trey Young, Steph Curry, who changed the game, could shoot from anywhere on the court, and he's a star. He's an emerging star. Huter, like Klay Thompson, a good defender too. Huter's been playing great defense when when one on one. He's been very impressive, and he's a shooter. He can shoot from anywhere on the floor. Klay Thompson, John Collins is like Draymond, but a better shooter because John Collins plays the paint. He's a good athletic perimeter player, rebounds assist is a guy that could give you 20 to 25 points a game. He's a better shooter than Draymond. Not, Draymond's a better defender. Bogut. Then you got like veterans, like when you had with the Warriors, you had Iguodala, you had Bogut. With this Hawks team, you have Capella, you have Lou Williams, you got Gallinari, even Bogdanovich, who's actually one of the younger players on that team too. We'd be thinking he's been around for a while. He's only been around for like three years. But Bogdanovich... These have the similarities of a team that could make a Eastern or a Golden State Warriors type run in the sense of the Atlanta Hawks could be back. And in the sense of they could be a destination where players are like, I like what's going on in Atlanta. They're homegrown, everybody. And you even mentioned DeAndre Hunter is not playing. Cam Reddish just came back. You have young talent all over this team that it's like the Golden State Warriors. Yes, they may not win the Eastern Conference Finals this year. But for what the run that they made for a team that struggled so poorly out the gates to fire their coach, to put in Nate McMillan, a former, uh, one of the better coaches back in the no, day. Because no, no, like they fired Mark Jackson. They brought in Steve Kerr. Yeah, they so fired. Yeah, they're not no, this year, but maybe next year. Hold on. You got to think about it. That Warriors team, 
they were they were a playoff team. They were fifty win. They, I think they were fifty plus win team, and, and they, they and then they fired Mark Jackson and brought in Steve Kerr. This team was really bad. They started off poorly. I don't know what their odds were at the time to get even to the playoffs, but it probably wasn't good. So then you see Nate McMillan, a former, a, a very good, well known coach around the league. Look what he's done. He's changed the dynamic, the the culture of the franchise of the Atlanta Hawks, just like what Mark Jackson did. With the Golden State Warriors, it's just Steve Kerr came in and kind of just said, put all the pieces together and made it even work even better. But that's what I'm trying to say is that, yes, they might not win a title, but this team has a lot of similarities to a Golden State Warriors Eastern Conference version, I would say. That's all I'm trying to – I know it sounds crazy because I'm saying, oh, Clay and and, and um, Steph were two greatest you know of all time. Saying, it's not that too far-fetched. Uh, the question would be, crazy. can those players on Atlanta um, – What's the correct word? Well, we say like Yankees, can they can progress? Can they get can they can they get better? Can Trey can can Trey be more consistent? Can Horder, you know, Herder, yeah. can he be Clay? You know, can he be more consistent? Can he be a defensive guy? Can John Collins develop more of a shot? Can he be more you know, they have a lot of great young talent. The key is also, as we said with anything, can we keep the nucleus together? Can we keep the nucleus? Can we build within? We get great, great veterans to support. We have a good coach. He teaches defense. And 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 here's the thing: the East is going to be tough because you're still going to have Brooklyn. You know, you still have the Celtics. You're still going to have the Sixers. You're going to have Milwaukee. So you know, there's four teams, but they're there. They're there. But tonight. Let's see what they got tonight. Let's see what type of fight in the dog that they got tonight, Trev. You know what I mean? Are they going to be a chihuahua? Are they going to be a chihuahua or are they going to be a pit bull tonight? That's the question. What type of fight are they going to have? With the way they've been playing when trailing in these series, whether that's been in over the first round that they took care of business, but when it came to the 76ers series, they were trailing a lot at times, and they thought what at times that we thought they were done, they came Sorry. back. They, played well and they, won game. they were down in the first series. In the first series, they same thing. Knicks won the first two. Bang! Same thing that happened happened the other night. They won four one in the first series. Oh, not the. Who was the one? What? No, it was the same. I was watching the McMillan though. Oh, you're saying the same thing. Philly Knicks came in, one game two, one game three. Then we won game back four, and we then won. They, won eight. they had the two collapses. Yeah, That's and, now, and, here, and listen, it can happen again. You win game, two, you go back. Now, I'm not tied now. I think Milwaukee's a far better team than Philadelphia. They they've been I, they've been the most balanced team in but this. They've, they've been there before. Yeah, they've been here before. They have the experience. Now they're putting it all together finally. So this is a do or die for the Atlanta Hawks. But how it's been showing in, in the past, and I'm talking about this playoffs, they've accepted the challenge and have bounced back. Could be different tonight. I can't wait. It's going to be a great game. I hope Trey's. I, I hope he's. I hope he could be Trey Young because I want to see as best a Trey Young I could get. I want to see if they're going to go down. I want to see a healthy and the best Atlanta Hawks team that they're going to put out. It's been a fun week. I can't wait to see what happens with the rest of these NBA series. We're going to be talking more later in the week. A lot going on. The New York Yankees. What's going to happen with this New York Yankee baseball team? God, can they just win? It's so I can't believe as Yankee fans, that's what we become. We become such spoiled Yankee fans. That's but, but that's what we are. We're spoiled. So be it. Hate us if you want it. It's fine. We stink. We got to see what happens. A lot going on. I told you we're going to be talking NFL soon because I want to start having some debates, like debate questions, pressure questions. A lot going on. We're going to have fans back. A lot going on in the NFL. We'll talk all about that. 
But ladies and gentlemen, we are Keys to the City. We're streaming on all social media platforms at Keys to the City. So comment, subscribe, like, or share. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are out. Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcast and cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, keys to the city, we're unlocking the statements. Streaming every Friday.